Earlier, I mentioned a conversation that Fred Rogers had with his mentor. During this series, I've been reading through a couple of, of books about his life because let's be honest. For a lot of people around my age, when we think about the act of neighboring, we can't help but hear, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. We just can't help it. Mr. Rogers contributed significantly to the soundtracks that that play in children's minds over and over again and has for generations. And to some extent, that's continued today with the cartoon that's based on one of his puppets, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. And, and, And along the way, he painted the picture of what an ideal neighborhood could look like one where where everyone got along and where everyone had something to offer something to learn and where everyone wanted to be together i mean think about how the rest of that opening song goes i have always wanted a neighbor just like you i've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you but what happens when that's not the case what are we supposed to do when there's trouble in the neighborhood. Our second scripture passage this morning is out of Romans chapter 12. And and what we hear in this passage is very similar to Paul's popular love is patient, love is kind passage that we we read about in 1 Corinthians 13. That passage that we often hear at weddings. But both passages are so much broader. They're about living in community with one another. Even the neighbors who park in front of the house all the time, in front of our house all the time, or who have those dogs that love to bark even at odd hours of the night. Even when our our neighbors are frustrating or hard to live among. Hear these words out of Romans chapter 12. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As followers of Christ living in neighborhoods in today's world, we have to learn to live well with one another. 
And by that, I mean with those who share our same beliefs and and those we choose to be around and those who live in our neighborhoods who who don't have the same beliefs that we do, who, who disagree with us, who we have little in common with. And we can do that by, by taking five actions that Paul suggests here to the Romans. First, Paul calls us to love well. Love must be sincere. Again, it echoes what he writes in 1 Corinthians. These three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. But how does sincere love look? It's one of those things that we think should be obvious, but that's not always the case. So usually when we, we think of love, we think one of two things. We, we either think of it as kind of this abstract concept, some sort of lofty ideal that none of us can really ever completely do well. Or we do the same thing that the teacher of the law does who approaches Jesus before the parable of the Good Samaritan. We, we try to, to justify ourselves, to try to come up with our own definition of who and how and when we are supposed to love others. So whenever I officiate weddings, I often remind couples of, of the same sort of principle, saying something along the lines of, if you view love as something that you just kind of fall into, then don't be surprised if you fall out of it. Love takes work. It takes being intentional. So Paul, he gives this concrete definition of love. First, a hatred of evil. Don't do the dark and wicked things that tear apart your community. Instead, cling to goodness. Hold on to the things that are, are good with all of who you are. Be devoted to one another. This is the only place in the New Testament where this exact sort of devotion is really mentioned. A similar word is used in Acts chapter 2 when we read that the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to the, the fellowship together, and to the, the breaking of bread. But it's not quite the same word, not quite the same concept. In the Greco-Roman world, the word used here is one that described how a family existed when they were out in public, when the family was seen by the greater community. So a family stood out because of their devotion to one another, because of their love for one another. Honor one another above yourselves. The literal translation of Paul's words here are to outdo one another in showing honor. Or as Eugene Peterson translates this passage, practice playing second fiddle. Then Paul, secondly, encourages Roman followers of Christ to continue to do community really well, to be intentional with creating community. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. In other words, don't be lazy with your spiritual gifts. Now, we all know we're, we're all created differently. We all have different talents and time. We're all called to bring that, what we have, to the table, to our community. One body, many members. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. We are to be a community that rejoices in all circumstances. Knowing that God is in control, so we remain hopeful and faithful even in the midst of affliction and suffering, even in the midst of a time like we're in right now, in the midst of a pandemic. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Open your homes to visitors and make them welcome. 
Now in Paul's time, rabbis and philosophers, they would travel from town to town, and Paul himself journeyed through Asia Minor into Greece, and he relied on the hospitality of other people, of other Christians, for food and for lodging. As a church, we strive to gather well. This is one of our strategies, something we we long to do well. And I think many of us would say that our community, we just love being together. So Paul's words here, they should encourage us. They remind us of why we're called to community in the first place. But they should also kind of open our eyes to the things that we are missing or or maybe have forgotten. What or, or who has slipped through the cracks as we continue to navigate this world where we're more separate than we've been in the past? And how should we prepare, be prepared to open in the coming months to welcome people in? Sharing our life together and loving well is, is predominantly for our benefit. First, First Peter 2.12 reads it like this. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors, that even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior, and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Loving well isn't just for us, but for the the, the most part, these first two actions, loving well and sincerely and being intentional with our our community, with our gathering, they have to do with living with the community we, we, we choose. The next three actions that Paul lists are about living alongside those we might not necessarily choose to be around, but we can't deny that they're a part of our lives. So Paul, he echoes Jesus' instructions to love and pray for our enemies. When he writes, bless those who persecute you, bless and, and do not curse. As humans, our capacity to love is, is often limited by the fear of the unknown. There is great risk in loving well. And when we put ourselves out there to someone, we don't know how that's going to be returned. Especially when we don't know the other person. But Paul tells us we're still called to be a blessing. And it goes beyond those with whom we see eye to eye. Then seek harmony. I was introduced to classical music by my grandfather. I I remember walking into his living room and finding him sitting in his chair, listening to Vivaldi and Beethoven and, and Handel and for whatever reason, he, he didn't have much of a taste for Bach. I, I'd, I'd occasionally sit on the ground at his feet next to him uh, and, and listen with him. And even a young child can learn to appreciate good harmony. And at the same token, it doesn't take too long to develop the skill of recognizing when something is off or when something is out of tune. Even when you can't articulate exactly what it is. Harmony is found in our neighborhoods when we, when we celebrate well. Maybe, we, maybe through block parties or whatever the equivalent of that might be today. And as we, we stand with one another when something difficult happens. So are we actively seeking harmony in our neighborhoods? Are we celebrating with our neighbors when there's times to celebrate? Are we weeping with our neighbors when there's times to weep? The last action that that Paul calls Christians to is the action of seeking peace. Seeking peace. In the opening 
the opening of his book, The Dangerous Act of Neighboring. Mark Laberton, who's the, the president of Fuller Seminary, he tells this amazing story. He used to be the pastor at First Presbyterian Church in, in Berkeley. So he tells a story about Doris. Doris was a, a member of his church who was in her 80s. And one Sunday she showed up to church. She parked her car and got out of the, the driver's seat and went to the back seat to pull out a basket of oatmeal muffins that she had made for refreshments after church. As she reached to grab the oatmeal muffin, someone attacked her from behind, forcing her into her car and then jumped into the driver's seat and sped off with her inside the car. When she told Dr. Laberton the story, she said, after he took off in the car, the first thing I did, of, of course, was to ask him his name. And, and Laberton writes, of course, when mugged and kidnapped, start by asking your attacker's name. The attacker's name was, was Jesse. She asked Jesse why he was doing what he was doing. And he told Doris that he needed money for, for drugs. And, and her response was, well, Jesse, it's a terrible thing to be a drug addict. Shouldn't you uh, be trying to figure this out? She, she told him that, that he needed to go to rehab. And he, and he said that he had gone to rehab before. And you know what? It just never worked for one reason or another. So when Jesse dropped Doris off, she said, Jesse, Jesse, I'm going to pray that you get caught for this because it's wrong. It's wrong and you shouldn't get away for, for doing this to people. I'm also going to pray that you will be caught so I can not only testify you did it, but so I can plead with the judge to get you into a really good drug rehab program. You need to get caught so you can be stopped and helped. You need God to give you the strength to get off drugs and have a better life. How many of us would respond the way that Doris did? I'm going to pray that you get caught so that you can get help, so that then you can have a better life. I know it wouldn't be my first response. We can't ignore the times where we are wronged, especially in our own neighborhoods. But we do get the opportunity, we do have the opportunity to choose how we react to those wrongdoings. So Paul writes, don't repay evil for evil. Live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge. Overcome evil with good. Paul doesn't call us to be passive neighbors. He calls us to respond to the trouble in our neighborhoods by taking action, by loving well, by creating intentional community, by offering blessing, and by seeking harmony and peace. Amen.